G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Whenever we get on an airline, we are greeted by a steward or a stewardess. Have you ever thought about those words, where they come from and what they mean? As the flight takes off, very soon the steward will be coming around to serve meals or snacks or refreshments or whatever. Now, of course, a steward cannot just hold back on those things because they do not own them. They're just administering that which has been entrusted to them on behalf of the airline. In a similar way, the Bible says that we are stewards in this life. God has entrusted many things to us, such as resources, gifts, talents, abilities, even our time, the Bible says, is something which has been entrusted to us. I wonder if you see your life as being a steward of that which God has entrusted to you. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Well, this week we've been looking at the subject of stewardship on Set Free with author and teacher Ken Legg. Hello, I'm Phil Edwards. Now, Paul asked the question, what do you have that you did not receive? And when you think about it, everything we have is really not ours. We've been entrusted as the administrator on God's behalf. And we've considered some of these things this week, the things that we have that aren't really ours, but they're God's, our gifts, our finances, our bodies. Ken, is there anything else that we've missed? Well, of course, everything really uh, that we have, we've received from God, as you've said. But uh, another thing that I'm conscious of is time. Christian stewardship includes a responsible use of our time. Now, of course, we all have legitimate needs like eating and resting, family, work, serving, recreation, and on and on. But, of course, the big challenge is how do we balance those things and Mm -hmm. uh, how do we prioritize those things? The old guideline of, you know, eight hours each for work, rest, and play doesn't really quite work today, does it, Phil? <laughs> no, we're, we're all too busy doing work work and work, I think, most of the time. Does the Bible say much about time, though? I know it talks a lot about money, but time? It does, actually. I mean, for example, uh, <laughs> something we're all aware of, the Bible says that time is short. Uh, James says, what is your life? It's like a, a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I'm sure we've all watched uh, a kettle come to the boil and watched that uh, steam come out of the spout, there it is, and whoop, there it's gone. Mm. And uh, he likens our life to that. And, of course, scarcity places value on any commodity because time is so short. Uh, time is money in that sense. People uh, uh, you know, see it in terms of, well, what is this worth to me? My time is so precious. Another thing that Bible says is that time is uncertain. Now, there's a general principle I think we read it in the Psalms that, uh, you know, 70 years is an average lifespan, according to that psalm. Yeah. But that's not a promise, of course. It's, it's, a, it's a principle. And so the Bible says, don't boast about tomorrow. Don't presume upon tomorrow because uh, we can only be sure of today. And uh, in the light of that, that psalm actually goes on to exhort us to teach us to number our days so that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. We might be good administrators and stewards of the time 
that has been given to us. We all like to think that we're above that, though, don't we? But really, <laughs> you just don't know what, when your number's going to be up. It could happen at any time. And we have a funny sort of a, an attitude toward time these days. I think if you looked uh, compared to, say, even 10 years ago, certainly 50 or 100 years ago, you know, these days we have all these time-saving devices, we're instant food, we can jump on a plane and go from A to B, uh, you can pick up the phone, get on the internet, email, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But it seems in the midst of that, we still don't have time for leisure. We, we seem to be more stressed. Yeah, it's, it's been remarkable, actually, these, these changes that have taken place in our lifetime. I mean, uh, I remember when I was going out with my wife. She, she comes from Switzerland, and I was living in the UK at that time, and uh, I would send her a letter, and it would take you know a couple mm-hmm. of weeks to get there, and I'd wait another couple of weeks to, to get a reply. Yeah. But now you know we can send an email, and bang, it's gone to the other side of the world, and within a minute we can get the reply back. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. But then, as you say, you know, it does bring up this question: Do we actually have more time because of these time-saving devices <laughs> that have been invented? And uh, um, I, I wonder sometimes because they can end up actually dominating our lives. Mm. Look at how much time people spend uh, today, Phil, for example, on social networking. Mm. It's absolutely phenomenal. It is, and, and they talk about some pretty exciting things too, I must say, on Facebook. <laughs> 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 I mean, technology itself is neither good or bad. It's like anything else. The way it's used really determines uh, whether it has good outcomes or bad outcomes in our life. And the gospel can be very effectively proclaimed over the internet, for example. It's a, it's a very good thing. But the same tool can also be used to whittle away our time, waste our time. Uh, you only look at uh, things like uh, YouTube, for example. You, you can sit mm. there. It's very addictive. You can just go to the next one and the next one and the next one. And the next thing before you know it, you know, half an hour, an hour has gone past. Yeah, that's right. And again, I guess, Phil, it comes back to this whole thing of stewardship. Um, God has entrusted certain things to us and he's left us with the responsibility of how we're going to administer these things. And you've rightly said some of these things uh, can be used in a very powerful way for the kingdom of God. And in fact, a lot of these things are neither good nor bad. They're, they're neutral uh, and it's our use of them that determines whether they become good or bad to us. I mean, uh, we're living in days, exciting days, in fact, when the gospel is uh, being taken to nations where previously we couldn't get in, but now we can because of some of these uh, mm, the modern means of te- technology. You, you take, for example, uh, satellite TV. Um, you know, a lot of uh, people in countries in, for example, the what we call the 1040 window, where the gospel is not allowed to be taken into those countries, it can be beamed in by a satellite TV, and mm. the people can actually sit in their homes in nations where the gospel is forbidden to go, and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So people that spend their time in technology developing and pursuing these things are actually being good uh, stewards of their time because uh, we're able to achieve far much more than we could without them. Technology can make us pretty lazy at the same time, though, in a lot of respects, and lazy toward God, I would think, toward the disciplines that we should have of studying his word and prayer, spending time seeking after him, when it's all too easy to sit on the couch and watch the television or, or do something else and be distracted. Yeah, I, I remember I was uh, speaking at a conference once and uh, I was talking about addiction. went through the normal ones like drugs and drink and uh, sex and pornography and gambling and so on. Mm. 
And a lady came up to me afterwards and she said, you left out a very, very important one. I said, what was that? Chocolate? And she said, <laughs> yeah, she said uh, yeah, that's well. But she said uh, the internet and, 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 of course, you know, the computer. She said, I've got an adult son who spends all his time from the moment he gets up to the moment he goes to bed almost in front of the computer on social networks and all this sort of things. His whole life is wrapped around this modern technology. Now, there's got to be a degree of balance. There's got to be a degree of accountability. It's a very precious thing to be given time but you know the days can turn into weeks and the weeks into months and the months into years and before we realize it we've spent our whole life in front of the computer doing what Mm. and really it comes down to our hearts like many things we've talked uh, this week about a legalistic attitude towards giving you know giving in order to get back and i think if we have a legalistic compartmentalized attitude towards our time that's really dangerous as a believer too that we say well i must spend 30 minutes studying the Bible every day or in prayer and and I have to do that because I feel obliged to, well, that's not right either. But if our heart is in the right place, naturally out of that will flow a desire to spend time with God and in his word and the natural consequence of that is we spend less time doing all this other stuff. Yeah, I think that's a very important balance that you brought into this conversation, Phil, because uh, the other danger is that we can actually work out the Holy Spirit, you know, or or do him out of a job uh, (laughs) because we're so rigid and so set in timekeeping ways that uh, there's no room for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Somebody once said that um, much of the ministry of Jesus was done by interruption. It wasn't actually missions that he'd planned or or Mm. works that he'd planned, but he was on his way to do something or go somewhere. And he was confronted by a need that uh, was unscheduled that day, and yet he responded to it by a faith because, as we said earlier on in the week, you know, he always did what his father was doing, and he was quick to recognize what his father was doing in those situations and the opportunities that were being brought to him, and he responded to those with uh, positive action. Mm. And you made a, a key phrase before, and that is, let's redeem the time. That's our challenge today. Good advice this week on Christian stewardship and there's more to come tomorrow when we continue. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.